Hello and welcome to No More Mondays, the podcast where two indie hackers, James McKinvin and Dan Rowden, talk about building their indie businesses. This week, the multiple projects versus single focus debate rears its head again. Dan and I discuss our TikTok challenge progress and we have a fancy new jingle at the end of this episode. A big thank you to today's sponsor, Zip Message, which we'll find more about later on in the episode. Let's get started. So Dan, this was our first sort of full week of TikToking, wasn't it? How have you found it? How's it, how's it gone for you? I thought it'd be easy to come up with content, but it hasn't been. I had one big video, it got quite a lot of views, and then the rest just kind of not got many views at all. But I think the main thing that I've noticed is my audience, or the people who see my videos, is it's like 99% Mauritian, or mm. Mauritius-based, which is fine. But ideally, we'd be using TikTok to grow our audience and like push people to our you know our services and products and stuff and i don't think mauritius yeah, is that yeah. that's not my target market <sighs> interesting so for those that might be listening for the first time dan and i are doing a tiktok challenge where we're both making uh, a tiktok a day for the next 30 days as an experiment to see what happened dan is mostly doing tiktoks about working building software in mauritius their aspects of his lifestyle, the businesses that he's building. And for me, I'm doing it specifically for my leather wallet brand. Your first video got over 6,000 views. You've got another one that got 3,000, another one that's 1,000. Then your big one that's got 18,000 views. These are like good numbers of views. My best one got 3,000. The rest are like in the hundreds, low hundreds. But I wonder if even though mine are a lot lower, it's more beneficial to the business because yeah. of people who are actually interested in seeing leather crafting happening rather than people just loving the look of yeah mate it does look beautiful where you no. are <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like i said to you before it feels a bit like cheating it's just it's like i can make a quick video of a sunset or a beach and that it will look nice but is that a good tiktok video for me and my businesses probably not yeah well i i mean th- this is an experiment this is the first yeah. time we're doing it and i think what you've done really well is found what works on tiktok almost instantly what works in terms of getting views and followers i guess we're still kind of just putting videos out and seeing what happens exactly exactly what do you think about growing followers because in our slack you said you're not doing it for the followers but i saw you tweet the other day about not having to worry about or like it's not a bad thing to want more followers yeah well i mean getting to thirty-eight thousand followers on twitter has been a journey but it's also opened doors and maybe yeah given me opportunities for things but yeah the thing with tiktok is i'm not like a tiktok user so i don't know what that could translate into whereas on twitter it's kind mm. of easier to direct people to products or it's easier to see what could happen with a bigger following it was nice to see one of my videos do semi well because the rest of them just weren't getting anything I, I, I was committed to it but i was a little bit frustrated mm. yeah well my last few have only got 100 100 something each views which is mm. like, yeah, like, why why bother with this if it's not going to, like, move the needle? You know what I mean? But I guess it is first week. We don't really know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we got a sponsor. Have you seen the, the tweets recently for the few people that have said they enjoy the sponsor slots? Yeah, I have. But I'm not surprised, if I'm honest. I think they're good, good <laughs> I, sponsor uh, slots. But this week we're recommending a tool that I've used in the past that I absolutely love. And it saved me a lot of time and effort when I'm communicating with clients and with sponsors and that zip message like one of the reasons i love zip message so much is because i really don't enjoy doing calls that are like an unnecessary waste of time and you like get on a call and people ask you questions you don't know the answer to so you then have to either make up the answer which isn't good for anyone or you have to loop back around and have another meeting from that call in another call when you've got all the answers 
that you've had to go and check with, when you get an async message, like a video message where someone is laying out the questions that they have for you, the things they want to figure out, queries, you go away, you figure them out, you write them down, and then you send your next video. So much less wasted time. And I just love doing that with, with clients. You can also reply with text, can't you? It doesn't have to be a video every time, or even just voice. Exactly. You can reply with text. So it, it can be like almost an email thread, but you can add text and video if you want to. I know it's certainly if I'm showing a client a specific edit that I'm making in a, in a podcast, I want to show them how I'm doing that. Mm. And they could just respond quickly with a like either a one question text in that, mentioning something from the video, then I could respond with a video or audio or respond with text and end it there. And so, yeah, I really like ZipMessage for that. So, so that's just like one of the many use cases of Message, right? Brian actually hired me for some work, did it through ZipMessage. It was the best hiring experience I've ever been through. Feedback, maybe you've got a web page or design you need feedback on, customer success, coaching, podcasting even, sales, client calls, team meetings, testimonials. There's so many different ways you can use async communication and ZipMessage is the way to do it. Use it for free forever or upgrade to the full async experience on ZipMessage. Use code NOMONMONDAYS for 10% off your first three months. Okay, sponsor slot over. Dan, talk MRR to me. Yeah, so early in the week, which was just asking for people's opinions and just to see what kind of the general uh, consensus is. So the tweet is, if you're at three to 4K MRR after two years, is that product worth continuing with? When's the cutoff when you decide a product is not going to be the success you hoped it would? So mm-hmm. I think most of us start SaaS products hoping it will go to 10K, 20K, you know, like I would call that success. Yeah. And within a certain time frame, you don't want to be working on something for 10 years and it's at like four or five K MRR. So I put this question out there just to see what people would say. And it had a lot of different replies. You that... love stirring the pot on Twitter, don't you? <laughs> I didn't mean to. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a purpose. So it's a genuine question that I wanted to, to hear what people wanted to say about. Uh, so I think there's like three main reply types that happen on this. The first one was, so yeah, after two years, that seems quite slow. And maybe you should move on to something else, especially if it's taken up a lot of your time. So there's like an opportunity cost that you're kind of spending time on something that you could be spending on something else that would be doing better. So that was one. The second one was kind of more like a middle ground. It's like you have paying customers and solid MRR. Like, why wouldn't you keep going? And then like, if you quit now, maybe you'll quit before it takes off. Like ConvertKit was like 2K MRR a couple of years in. And now that's like millions per year. 3 to 4K MRR is a perfect income stream. It's freedom. Yeah, generally positive. But obviously like noticing that it's not like a, a standout success, like a banner bear or a transistor. And then the third one was three or $4,000 a month is a lot of money. Like why are you complaining? And that was the one that like took me, took me by surprise a bit like i think if you're working hard on something for two years and you're at three to four k that's probably not where you want the product to have been like when you're starting this product two years before you were hoping that you'd hit three to four within a year a lot of people well there's this like trend or way of thinking that if if you don't hit 10k and within the first year then it's like a failure which is it's hard to do when it's a side project and my projects have all started as side projects so like, i haven't expected that well, I brought up Justin's interesting yes. post he wrote a couple yeah. of weeks ago, which tied in nicely to it. So Justin talks about these entrepreneurial false positives, which is that at the beginning 
of a new project, a new venture, if you're a founder with lots of willpower, skills, energy, and drive can hurt you because it can lead to these false positives. Like, so with a lot of this grit, you can often get to one, two, three K MRR just because you're excited to work on something. You've a lot of us have sort of a little following of people that want to support us and our products. So it leads to that false positives of whether something is actually going in the direction you want it to. Or so it, it could be the illo is just got to that point because of your or the audience. Yeah, it could easily be the case. And I, I've got another opinion on this, which is really ties in well to my tweet or the thing I want to talk about. So I was also thinking of stirring up the pot this week on Twitter, Dan. I was talking about multiple projects versus single focus. This week, I spoke to Chris France, who is founder of Loops.so going to be a sponsor of no more mondays i wanted to look at his product and he he's like really passionate about having just a single focus and danny vasilo is his whole brand having this portfolio of small bets and he's been in your dms a little bit talking about single focus versus multiple projects but i'm thinking for you like having three or 4k on your product it's not your sole thing i think three or 4k in a product as part of a portfolio is really quite good and i think if you did put that focus into illo solely it would grow much quicker i i truly do believe that but it's whether or not you want the freedom and flexibility and the ability to uh, go where your curiosities want to or work on what you want to when you're feeling like it that will come at the detriment to mrr success yeah this is something i think about quite frequently as well is that like, am I doing the right thing? <laughs> Which is quite a big question <laughs> to ask yourself. I think we've mentioned this before on the podcast as well. So if you, so I have like four or five projects now. If I chose one, which one do you choose? And how do you make sure it's the right choice? Coming, like starting from nothing, it's different from choosing to go with one or to start multiple. But if you've already got a handful of things going, it's, it's like a totally different choice. I mean, you could pick the one mm. that has the most revenue or you could pick the one that you think could have the, the brightest future, like Refermo, for example, is still like, it's at zero, it has a few people using it, but that I think that has big potential. But it would be hard to choose that over Illo just because Illo has been going for nearly two years and has proven itself as something that people pay for. Yeah, the, the reason I did this tweet is I was thinking that I, I have a lot of these things that I'm really enjoying working and this is a debate that has come up on the podcast before we have discussed it but i'm not like fully happy in the growth of everything and i'm always context switching always like oh i've got to scramble to get an indie bites episode out oh i want to make some wallets oh, i want to do that little tweak oh i should really do some marketing for pop panda oh i've got some client work on and i just wonder i just wonder what would happen is for a few months i put everything to a wayside and i just picked one I would probably pick the one that is going to make the most money in the shortest term, which would be Podpanda because it's the biggest subscription amount. And that doesn't mean to say I will stop everything for good. They will still be there in the background running, but it's I will wake up and that will be what I'm working on. And some people are making the point that you can have like projects within your main thing. So within Podpanda, the course would be in because that would technically be classed as marketing. But then you can just go down so many rabbit holes. But if I think back to a few years ago when I didn't know what I was doing, I had no focus, not even in the niche I was in. So I was like trying to do video marketing, but I would agree to do anything else. As soon as I focused down on podcasting, 
I started getting way more clients, audience started growing a little bit, and that's just focusing on one thing, like one industry. Imagine if I did that with one project as well. The way that people always talk about it is it just works like that. That's just the way it works. If you pick something and concentrate all your effort in it, it's just going to grow faster. Yeah. I mean, that just seems to be like the standard thing that happens. And I don't think you can argue against that because I don't know anyone who's kind of put their all into something and it hasn't grown faster than if it's part of like a suite mm-hmm. of things. So yeah, a compelling argument. Like I said, I've thought about it with Illo multiple times. And I think yeah. maybe at the moment, now that I've pushed an update to Cove last month and the theme's kind of just kind of bubbling along. I did a lot of client work early in the year and I've kind of got rid of all that now. I think now would be a time where I actually could do that. And the more, I mean, the notes that I've been writing recently for my project or for my weekly kind of sprints, yeah. it has been more illo-focused. And I would, yeah, I don't know, maybe it would also be a good time to maybe think about doing that as well. Yeah, I, 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 I just wonder what would happen because I yeah. I have always been so pro multiple projects and wanting to do why like that's part of being an indie hacker right Right. that's part of being an entrepreneur you get to choose what you want to work on but i wonder with a little bit of discipline and focus will it actually propel me more towards where i want to go which is having a a bit of money being successful with it to a point still solo but right now it's just it's still a struggle every month for paying the bills for managing cash flow and I wonder if it's just because I'm so split on everything, it's not given the chance for other things to grow. That's not to say I want to completely drop everything because I don't want to stop the podcast. I love doing the pod, but maybe it's a case I do two episodes a month for a few months and schedule them all. So maybe mm. I do them on one weekend and then the rest of my week I wake up and I focus on Pod Panda, which will craft can just sort of bubble along. I won't do anything for it and... If it gets sales, it gets sales. I send them. I make them and send them. Mm. I just wonder what would happen. And same, yeah. same for you, Avilo. What if you just woke up and like that was your focus? You didn't publish any uh, things. <laughs> you didn't work on Cove. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, I think what you, you touched on it then is that when you're indie and you can work on whatever you want, then you work on whatever you want. Like there is no, or there, there can be yeah. no like structure or I think you maybe take for granted that you can work on what you want to do. Whereas maybe to get to the next level, you have to put in some graft and you have to like, like take it on the chin for a bit and not do exactly how you want to do it just to get like pushed through and get to that next like level. But yeah, yeah. you don't, you don't know until you try it, I guess. That's the thing. You don't the know. portfolio of small bets is like a, it's like a, a nice get out clause because Daniel's put some really smart arguments down on why you want multiple things. But if you've got multiple things that aren't really working, then it's a portfolio of failed bets really small bets it's like we know we might not be doing the right thing but we're not sure we want to commit to doing the right thing that we think we might be the right thing (laughs) i get that printed on a t-shirt oh that's great all right what else have you done you so we've got a fancy new website haven't we Dan? yeah so this week i didn't really do much other stuff than a few illo tweaks i've got like weekly roundup emails coming out tomorrow monday for that's like a new email you know but other than that i didn't really do much stuff the so i've been working in the background on a theme for transistor so the podcast host we use they had a like just one option for your podcast website for years and then recently they started mm. they kind of put out a tweet asking people to well if there's anyone interested in creating themes for transistor and then they created one and released it month month ago ish which we switched to and yeah in in that time i've been working with them to build out a custom like the, their first kind of external theme which we are now using mm-hmm. on our website nomoremondays.fm and you know what i love about this dan 
it's it's got the it's got the Dan Rowden touch to it. <laughs> like it looks like a Dan Rowden production now. Yeah. So I was thinking when we started the podcast of like I told you I wanted to build our own little website for it rather than use the transistor site. And now we've kind of got mm. the best of both worlds because we don't have to host it anywhere and we've got kind of a nice thing that I designed. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So this week I released two Indie Bytes episodes. I actually missed for the first time my Friday deadline because I was Friday was a super sunny day and I was out playing tennis and I sort of sat in the park and I was like, you know what? It's a self-imposed deadline. I'm going to release it tomorrow. Hmm. And so I did. I was like, as long as I release it tomorrow. So anyway, I released J.R. Farr's episode, Lemon Squeezy Fella. Uh, great episode. And then with C.H. Daniel, who you might have seen around on Twitter, another good episode. And I've really been enjoying editing the shorter episodes where I'm recording for 30 minutes and I can edit them down into 15 minutes a lot easier. Mm. So moving on, tweets. Yeah. Dan, I've got a treat for you. So if you want to say it's time for, you ready? Okay, ready. It's time yeah. for Tweet of the Week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's time for Tweet of the Week. That is so good. So, Dan, <laughs> that worked so that worked much better well. than I thought, you know. So, we what? said last week that we were going to get a jingle made. So, I went on Fiverr. I like ordered two of these from a couple of different people. It cost me £15 and it sounds brilliant. Do you want to hear it one more time? Yeah, do it. Tweet of the week. <laughs> it's so good. And then I, was, I, I did actually get get them to do a revision, and I asked them to go more dramatic, and okay. if and also add in the tweets bit. So do you want to hear that one? You ready? Ready to say it's time for? Okay, it's time for tweets of the week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man, that was a bit a bit too much. Maybe. <laughs> it, it was a bit too much. But I, I, I said to the guy, good I said, time. I want you to go dramatic. Tweet. I'm not going to ask for any... <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not going to ask for any um, revisions. Just do what you want and I'll, I'll be happy with it. And it got back. I was like, oh, okay. It's a bit much. So we'll go for the other one. Anyway, your tweet. Tweet of the week. <laughs> so my tweet is from Daniel Vasano, which wasn't planned. Because we've already talked to him about him today. Oh, but yeah, he, he linked to this post called FU Money. So basically it's the concept of what do you have enough money that like you basically set, right? Which we've again we've touched on before. And this article is very interesting. And yeah, I recommend people go read it. So the the ending I'll just summarize very quick. It's like his quote was Yes, yeah, so basically his net liquid net worth hit four hundred and ten thousand dollars. He was. He said he was further from having a few money than he was a year earlier, which obviously sounds mm. a bit crazy. But basically, it's not about the amount. It's about what you do with it and how you treat it. So, like, a few money means I can do whatever I want, like travel wherever I yeah. want, eat whatever I want. It doesn't matter. You don't have to check any bank balances or anything. So there isn't actually an amount, and I think for everyone it's going to be different. But it's just it's like a concept, basically, and... Yeah, I think I guess everyone wants to be at that point at some point. They don't want to be checking bank balances and like managing yeah. cash flow month to month. And yeah, it's just an interesting piece to go read. That is interesting. And have you read Psychology of Money, Morgan Housel? I have, yes. Yeah. yeah, great book, which sort of covers some of the like how you approach money. Money has always been like a stressful part of my life yeah. where I've always just been on the limit of what 
I can afford, payments bouncing, and I would just love to get to a point where money isn't even something that crosses my mind anymore. And I think it's possible. Yeah, I think there's, well, there's, it's like infinite wealth in the world. You just got to go out and take, take yeah. it, basically. I think that's exactly, the exactly. I like to think about. It's not, it's not about yeah. being like a billionaire, definitely not. But it's, it's just, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of getting out of, you know, that, the, the period where you're just thinking about how, where, yeah, where are you going to get the next bit from? How am I going to pay for this? That kind of thing. Just like getting out of that. Exactly. Yeah, and then that kind of unlocks other things as well. When you're not stressing about money. Yeah, interesting. Then my tweet was, have you ever listened to Jay Klaus's podcast? I actually have, yeah. Jay Klaus is one of my customers on Gloat. Is he? Yeah. Ah, very cool. So Jay Klaus, one of the best podcasts I've listened to, it's called Creative Elements. And the production value on this show is next level. There's like a few shows I listen to by like an independent creator and think, wow, that's good. And I know that every episode I listen to, I'm going to get something I enjoy, is well thought out, well researched. And Jay takes a lot of care in that. And he shared his, not his revenue, but his main income streams. And it actually surprised me that most of his revenue came from memberships for his creator membership, then sponsorship, then services, then digital products, products, then affiliates, royalties, patronage. And like, as for me, someone that's thinking about dropping the membership and focusing (laughs) only on sponsorship, I look at this and it does make me think, hmm, maybe there is an opportunity to make the membership better as opposed to just stopping it. And his last one is patronage, which is more the route I'm going down, more patronage, less membership. But I mean, his patron, his memberships are like a thousand a year, right? So that's maybe why it's yeah. high up in his thing because he charges a lot for it. But there's a lot of value in it. So it's not saying I'm going to do it. I, I still actually <laughs> need to change it. It's one of these things that I've thought about, <laughs> sort of put a check in it and put it to the side as something I'm going to revisit at some point. But I need to stop it because pe- people are get people are still paying the membership monthly, and I'm not giving them anything for it. I'd much rather have that sort of patronage supporter one yearly payment and then i release as and when because right now i've only really got time to do those 30 minute episodes mm-hmm. and releasing them twice a week i'd rather yeah. get supported to do that than just making longer right. episodes but yeah anyway dan i think i'm going to award your tweet as tweet of the week <laughs> thank you very much all right good stuff there man what are you doing this week all right well the kids are going back to school so I'll have a few more like lots of hours to work with, which is going to be nice. Yeah, more Illo stuff. So yeah, I've talked before about like some new features or kind of a new direction a little bit with gamification or like more insights. I've, I'm thinking about adding benchmarks. I'm, I mean, I've been thinking about doing this since 2020. <laughs> so there's a lot more like grand things I'm thinking through rather than actually coding on at the moment. Yeah, a bit of work on my ghost theme. Yeah, marketing, some yeah free marketing tools like development What's it called? Mm. Products as marketing. Yeah, something like that. Products yeah. as marketing. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. For Illo, yeah, just I'm just kind of exploring some ideas, basically. What What are you up to this week, James? Focusing. Yeah, I I do need some more clients for editing because okay. another pinch at the end of this month because a lot of the sort of one-off ed- edits I was getting over the past month have stopped, so I need to get a few more people on retainer. So if you want to start a podcast or you have a podcast that you want editing, I will gladly help you. So maybe a little bit more focus on that. 
two episodes this week. I'm actually going to, this week, do an edit of an episode I recorded three years ago with Gray Baker of Dependabot, my friend Gray, who was one of the first sort of indie hackers that I knew of as successful because he sold it to GitHub. And this interview we did three years ago, I released on my marketing mashout pod. And okay. there was nothing about marketing. It was more when I was just like just getting involved in, in the hacker scene and just wanted an excuse to speak to Gray. And Gray's got like a really interesting story. So I don't know if my interview skills will be that good back then, <laughs> but I wonder if I'm taking an hour conversation and editing it down into 15 minutes, it will still be a yeah. good conversation. I, all right, Dan, let, this has been another... I've really enjoyed the last few episodes, you know. Yeah. They've just been fun Thank chats. Yeah. All right, enjoy the rest of your week. All right. I will see you next Monday. Yeah, see you then. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of No More Mondays with me, James McKinvin, and Dan Rowden. Thank you for everyone that sent me a message at the end of last episode where I said, whoever listens to the end of it, send me a message. I appreciate you. You can join in the conversation on Twitter at No More Mondays FM or hit the link in the show notes. You'll also find a list of talking points in those show notes along with details of today's sponsor, Zip Message, which you must, must check out. I think it's an awesome product. And I will see you next Monday.